welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are kicking off this work week with a seven-game slate here. Some fun stuff to choose from. Not all of the best teams in the NBA are playing tonight, but we will still get into all this action for you guys. In this one, we're taking a look at uh, what we think is going to be at least... Decent matchup here. Portland playing host to the Spurs. We're looking at some totals in this one. Also got another game video up and our player props. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and follow along with us all season long. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where you can check out all of our great written content and use our odds finder tool. That's where we go ahead and give you guys the options there. All the U.S. sportsbooks offering so you can compare the best odds out there. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this seven game slate and then talk about Blazers and Spurs. Josh, the people don't care that much how entertaining it is as long as we deliver some winners. Right, right. And we've got some pretty good picks right, right, here right. for these late games. But, yeah, I mean, it opens with Celtics minus eight at Orlando. They had that weird back-to-back losses against the Magic, and they're down three guys, I think, Smart, Brogdon, maybe Rob Will, in this matchup. The Bucks expect to get Chris Middleton back. They're minus 11 at Detroit. Giannis also going to come back, it seems, after taking the last 12 days off to rest his knee. Memphis minus five and a half at Houston, which has lost 13 straight. The Hawks in a pick em at the Bulls. Uh, spicy one there, 239 total. Also a 239 total in Utah. Uh, Charlotte plus eight with LaMelo questionable. And then the two games we break down, I mentioned, yeah, Spurs are plus eight at Portland, 241 total. And then we'll get to this one later. Memphis minus one and a half at Sacramento with a 246 total. Um, so, I mean... We're just going to focus on this one right here. And the Blazers on a back-to-back have lost three straight, have gone under in all three. And we almost can guarantee that they can bounce back here against the Spurs team that's lost seven straight road games, is missing either their best or second-best player in Devin Vassell right now. Um, second. And second best, yeah. You, you, got, you still got Kelton Johnson because yeah, yeah, yeah. Vassell's far more yeah, effective. KJ, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the Spurs defense yeah. has been abysmal, uh, as we know, in general, but especially on the road. I mean, they're allowing 129 uh, in their last seven roadies here with a 126 defensive rating. So that's why we have a 241 total, despite Portland's clear struggles on offense le- lately. Um, I mean, outside of Dame Lillard, Simons finally came alive, hit seven threes last night. They still only got to 112 against the Lakers, who, we, frankly, we've been targeting as a team that's that's trending downwards in terms of their points and their pace. Uh, but Portland as well, playing at a slower pace. The last time they hosted the Spurs, 96.5 pace. The game totaled 227, uh, despite the Portland shooting 47%, hitting 15 threes. You know, despite 31 points from Jakob Pertl who's uh, not necessarily repeating that. And if he is starting to go off, the Spurs will probably bench him so they can continue their tank job. Uh, and, and 21 from Vassell on on, a, on efficient shooting. And, and again, he's out tonight. So Spurs, awful defensive numbers that recently, but look at who they played. I mean, Memphis twice in a row on the road. The Knicks have been surging. The Nets when they had KD, Shea and the Thunder and, and the Pelicans who, can, who always seem to light them up. And with Portland, you got to look at the short rest and how they kind of respond to to these issues. Um, not being able to score as much, I, I see their defense sparking more. I mean, they're allowing 107 and a half on back to backs this year, four and three to the under. Uh, I'm surprised more of those haven't, haven't gone under. They certainly haven't had 240 totals. They've also they're also five and two on back to backs. Uh, 
So I think they win this game, and I think they win it mostly with defense. I mean, there's just not a lot to worry about with the Spurs offense, especially if sell out. Uh, they'll slow it down a little bit here, trust their half-court D. Uh, I, I think you can take Portland money line plus under, or or you can tease it minus four, and, and they get that total all the way to 245, which should definitely go under there. Yeah, quick note about Devin Vassell. They definitely have a much, um, well, they're better than more efficient on offense, but without him for some reason, they've been scoring a bit more uh, in the, the 29 games that they played with him. They've got six points less per game. I, I don't really do too much with that. I, I actually just supporting your argument. Actually, I'm supporting my argument that KJ is more important for their team, uh, but that's not really what we're talking about here. We are happy to to, to take uh, a lack of points on Portland. I, I do get scared with how bad San Antonio is on defense. Every time we talk about them or we bring up a player prop, uh, you know, involving a player that's going up against the Spurs, we just talk about how they're close to dead last in pretty much every single defensive category, um, if not dead last. And and that continues to be the case, which is the only thing that you really get scared about. I mean, they've, they've gone over in 14 of their last 17 games since uh, early December right now have the Spurs. Um, they're scoring 117. They're allowing 123. And that's, that's what you get scared of. I, I mean, I, I like taking an under on Portland um, on a back-to-back where they actually, you know, they expended a lot of energy as the Lakers came back on them uh, to win that game last night as they, uh, would they scored 35 in the fourth and Portland only had 21 uh, in that quarter. They actually gave up 40 in the third as well to the Lakers. So they were hemorrhaging points to the Lake show who still were playing at a pretty normal pace, especially for them, not like fast, uh, n- not nearly the, the one Oh four that we've seen them put up at times in terms of pace. So, um, that just makes you scared on both sides. Like both these teams can't really D up. Um, and, and that continues to, to be, uh, the reason that, you know, Portland's definitely underachieving. The Spurs are probably achieving exactly where they want to be achieving, but, um, two and eight in their last 10 overall uh, are the Blazers two and four at home, um, three and seven to the over. So they've got, you know, seven under and seven of those. There's some pretty high totals in there. Um, pretty much like we've got here at the about two forty one and a half. but their offense has just been so bad. Uh, 44% from the field, 31 from deep. And that includes Jeremy Grant, uh, Anthony Simons and Dame all combining, uh, to shoot like 23 threes a game. They've only been making like six of them over their last 10. Um, but they're also 24th in points in the paint. San Antonio allows the most points in the paint. They're 26th in second chance points. San Antonio allows the the most second chance points. What we're saying here is San Antonio can't defend the paint or rebound. Um, and even since Pirtle has come back over their last like eight, that still continues to be the case for them. Um, the one thing that the the Blazers have been doing is getting to the free throw line a ton as, as Dame's been scoring and getting there about 10 times a game or so, but second in free throw attempt rate, but the, the Spurs have been limiting free throw attempt rate probably because they play a lot of Ole defense around the paint and don't foul you. And that's why they're giving up the most points. So I think there's a direct correlation there, but ninth in points off turnovers for the Blazers, the, the Spurs do get back a bit. Um, once again, they're giving up such a high percentage from the field that there's probably not too many uh, transition buckets available for the Spurs. So I don't think you got to worry about that. Um, so I, I think anywhere that, you know, you're, you're not, neither of these teams are necessarily vulnerable in places that they're good, right? There's no like glaring, matchup where it's like oh if the, if the Spurs don't get back on defense the Blazers are going to run them to death there's nothing like that the Blazers are still scoring at uh, shooting the the three ball it's such a bad clip for them um that they, it's, it's something that they clearly need and are going to rely upon when your backcourt is Dame and Anthony Simons um you know that that's just what to expect at that point so pace matters but really it's just like shooting and, and the Blazers have been down to a bottom five team in effective field goal percentage and true shooting percentage uh we know what we they, they continue to struggle from deep like we said other than uh Simons finally getting 
exploiting his his shot last night, but still, right? Like that that wasn't even enough to get over one twelve. Um, and then the Spurs, you know, they're they're not shooting threes, um, and so there's no there's no as long as the Blazers are, are sort of getting back in the event that they continue to sort of miss buckets, uh, and they haven't been giving up points in transition, so I think they're fine there. Then I don't really know how the Spurs score on them. Definitely not in the half court, um, and and I feel much better about a, a two forty one and a half under with a, a Blazers money line because I I just don't trust them at all right now. I think the Spurs could keep this within eight points, um, but the, but the, the the Blazers pull it out at home. Yeah, and in wins, the Blazers are allowing 109 this season. Uh, so, I mean, if you don't, and again, the back-to-back 107 and a half, they're, they've now on three straight losses, kind of a backs-against-the-wall situation where you expect them to D up, and they do have great defenders still. And so if you're having all these concerns about Portland in their last 10 being one of the five worst defensive uh, offensive teams, um, then, you know, what scenario do you think if they can lock up and hold the Spurs who have been like awful on offense in the, in these games? Uh, I mean, 114 and a half, a 112 rating, but if it's played below a 100 pace, are they getting to 114? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think I could look at their team under, if you are concerned because of how bad they are defensively and because sometimes they don't even try on the road. Um, So maybe if you are concerned about what we're talking about, about another up and down game, you just take the Spurs under, which is still pretty high here. Um, And and because most of the trends we're finding here is that the Blazers slow it down at home. They've slowed it down lately in their last six home games, playing at a pace of 96 and a half. Uh, that the Spurs yeah. cannot hit threes against them or really anyone. They don't get to the free throw line. Um, and, and that the Blazers, their offense has been inconsistent. That's why I like the under in general. And e- even though everything you mentioned about the Spurs and, and how they've gone over in, in all these 17 games, still averaging 240. So they're not, as long as they don't go above right. average what they are, this this total is just a tick too high. Uh, and, and there's definitely a scenario where they get, shut down kind of like they when they went to Portland and they got 110 uh, is not really going to carry you to an over. Yeah. Yeah, they, they shot so piss poor in that game, uh, did, did the Spurs uh, and the Blazers. They scored that 128 uh, because they were shooting way, way better. They played much faster than, as we've said, than they've been playing, especially uh, at home. I mean, they've been playing with a 99 pace at home on the season. Um, but even just in their like last five or so, they've slowed it down all the way uh, to like the 19th fastest pace. They're still playing under 98, uh, roughly around a 97 and a half pace. And like you said, if you're playing at a 97 and a half pace with the Spurs and they aren't getting 115 possessions, 110 possessions, um, then I, I don't I don't know how, you know, the Spurs, like we said, get get offense outside of just pushing, pushing, go, go, go. Uh, and the Blazers have been getting back enough and, and slowing it down enough um, that I think they'll be all right. So and then this one has the highest total on a high total night scoring way up in the NBA. 246 Memphis on a back to back is minus one and a half at Sacramento. Uh, and while the Kings are playing their third game in four nights, Memphis, of course, played last night, got down by about 30 in Phoenix, and then came all the way back, uh, made it a two-point game, and in fact, almost had a shot at the buzzer. They like, stole an inbounds pass, and then somebody just fell down instead of getting that shot off. But, uh, I mean, the point is, for our purposes, they snuck under the under. I mean, they were going way, way under on Friday in that Lakers game. We absolutely nailed that one. Uh, still snuck under the under, and they've gone under in six of their last nine road games. I mean, that 11-game streak where seven were at home, that's what we were talking about before the Lakers game. Different kind of splits, different kind of vibe. 
for Memphis on the road, including a, I mean, just less efficiency in general on the road, but still in their last nine road games, I believe the number one defensive rating. I mean, certainly number one pain points allowed uh, on the season on the road, number three in defensive efficiency, two point percentage. The concern is that they do, they are 23rd in three point D on the road when you face the Kings, right? That's a concern versus sixth at home. Uh, but in this matchup against the Kings, I mean, they've owned them. They've won eight of their last nine against the Kings. And you say, okay, well, this is a different Kings team. Well, in three with Sabonis, they've still held them to 33% from three, still held them to 21 free throw attempts, which is well below the it, the problem area Memphis had. It's kind of why they let the Lakers back in there. Um, and they've held the Kings to 110 points per game, a 109 offensive rating it, while winning those games, winning the rebounding battle pretty handily, again, despite Sabonis, who leads the league in rebounding. Um, you know, so in their last... In those nine games against the Kings, holding the Kings at 107. And you look at the back-to-back here. After starting 0-2 on back-to-backs, they've won four straight, Josh. They've won, including against Sacramento, their last time they had a back-to-back on New Year's Day. Uh, And that was a 118-110 win in Memphis, where they tend to play faster. And it was during this streak. So they they, they continue to go under as a road favorite. They're 16-10 to the under in conference for what that's worth. Um, but I do like Memphis to win here. Uh, and if I, I like them to build on the momentum of that comeback and to attack Sacramento, which just hemorrhages points in the paint, the most in the league at home, just gave up 70 paint points to uh, the Sixers without Harden and Embiid uh, and got roasted by Shea Gilgis Alexander in their previous game. Uh, so going up against John Morant and Desmond Bain, who, by the way, they did not have to worry about the last two meetings this season, and, and he's cooking as well. Uh, I think they have a hard time stopping Memphis, and <clears throat> when they're underdogs, they they do tend to go under. They also tend to lose uh, thirteen and eight or eight and thirteen, excuse me, as underdogs. So I I, I do like Memphis here to to carry that momentum forward and win. And if if you feel like the, the 246 is too high, I think you can take the under. It is a bit scary because you never know when with two teams on short rest. Does that mean they're going to play Ole defense or does that mean they're not going to have their legs and not be able to hit shots? Uh, yeah, that is that is a question. I mean, I do like the fact that these teams have gone so far under um, so often, right? Like, but in their last what the last four times that they've played, um, they haven't even they haven't come close to this total. So I think you you know there's something to be said for that. Like you mentioned, the last time that they played, I uh, love that 108 to one uh, 118 total there. I mean, the Grizzlies have been scoring about 119 against the Kings their last four times against them. The Kings haven't been coming along for the ride in a lot of those um, and. The pace that these teams have been playing at is at about like a hundred uh, over the, the last four times that they've been playing. Pretty much the exact same uh, pace that this Memphis team um, has been playing at. Um, you know when when they've been going under as of late. So yeah, the, the points in the paint scares you whenever you talk about Sac uh, playing against a team like Memphis because that's just you know what Memphis is going to do. And it's it's not like they have a guy backing anyone down with his back to the basket. It's John Morant um, crashing, and it's uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. crashing. Stephen Adams getting on the board. Uh, the boards there and, and 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 even Dylan Brooks getting on the offensive rebounds at times. So they've just they're they're long. They're very good around the rebound uh, around the rim on both sides. Right. Especially on offense where, where they continue to, to lead the league and things like second chance points and they continue 
continue to get offensive rebounds. So the the pace is what I look at. 247 points is just is just so much, man. And if you're going to play at about the 100, 101 pace that these teams have been going at each other at, um, then I, I think there's something to be expected there. I, I don't. I would expect for for the the Grizzlies um, talking about what happens when you're on short rest or no rest and and how does that affect your pace? Well, I mean, they're two and three, uh, really two and four to, to the under. Um, to the over, right? They've gone under in, in, in four of six on no rest this season, failing to, to get to the total by about six points in each of those uh, on average. So, like, there's something to be said for for that. I think that is a trend that you can follow for for the, the fact that the way that they play is up is up and down like that. And at the very least, I would say coming out, um, they're either not going to have it at the beginning of this one, or they're not going to have it towards the end in terms of legs to continue that pace. Um, and, and even you know, Sacramento probably is happy to be um, playing a little bit slower as well as they've just been watching guards like, you know, SGA and Maxi just blow by them uh, their last, you know, three games and four nights, like you said, um, after a back-to-back and, and really close games and ones that they've been playing against good teams that um, that OKC game was super tough for them, for sure. One that I'm sure that they feel like they should have won. But um, you, you, or you, I guess at this point, uh, for me, I'm just relying on what I know about when these two teams match up um, and, and sort of the the not only the, the pace that they play at, um, but the way that, that Memphis has been playing defense lately. I mean, over the last 10 they're the second best defense in terms of field goal percentage three-point percentage um and everything else that they're allowing uh you know in terms of mid-range uh and all if you look at all these sort of heat maps of where teams are scoring on them it's like pretty much just inconsistent all over the floor they're not really funneling you anywhere they're just every single player locks up and and jaw maybe not as much a little bit more of a turnstile but that's why you have the team that you have around him um to continue to beef that up so 115 points a game that they're giving up in their last uh 10 or so for for memphis uh which is really good right now in an nba where the lowest total tonight is like 231 and a half points right like 247 and a half is an absurd total just as absurd as that there's seven games that are a total is at least 231 points um and for for memphis i think that they've been playing defense in a way that if you're limited limiting three-point attempts to the way that they have uh, and limiting free throws, then, you know, it's hard to get to 240, 245 totals if you're not getting a ton of easy buckets uh, and letting, um, you know, letting, stopping the clock, essentially. And that's what I I would expect for them to continue against the Kings um, to keep them from being able to get, uh, come along for a 247 total. Yeah, Memphis actually hasn't been limiting free throws and they've been getting a lot of free throws at least in this limited sample size, but the Kings are number oh, yeah. one limiting yeah. free throws in their last three. So that is the key. While they they do give up a ton of pain points on the flip side of that, uh, at least we won't have a, a pace where you get those breaks for the free points with yeah. the clock stopped if you are taking the under. Uh, and, and the Kings are 14 and six to the under as underdogs here, slight dogs. But again, you come back to who, how are they playing? Just like I said in, in the Spurs game, you know, they gone over in seven straight road games. Kings have gone over in seven of eight home games against Houston twice, Lakers, Hawks, Orlando, and then the yeah, shorthanded Philly. They go under in that game against SGA and the Thunder, who are playing, who are fourth in defensive rating, I believe, in the last few weeks. And and who's number one? Memphis. Uh, and then Memphis's offense yeah. is just not the same on the road. We've seen them come out completely flat uh, against the Lakers sure. and Phoenix in the last two. And they have a hard time dealing with Phoenix for whatever reason. Like even when what they lost to the Suns without Paul or Booker, right after Christmas, um, and that, and so I mean, coming coming out defensively and struggling against them the way they did. I don't know if that continues because they have defended the Kings very well. Like like we're saying, they may they might struggle in three point defense against some teams, but they know how to 
how to close out on, on Sacramento shooters, which are easily identifiable. And, and I think that helps uh, keep it, keep it low scoring. Right. Yeah. You, you know who you're scared of shooting the three ball for this Kings team. And obviously it's harder um, and, and Keegan Murray at this point, but I, I think, you know, De'Aaron Fox has struggled so much. He started okay, continues to struggle so much from deep Harrison Barnes inconsistent. I mean, he, consistently at, at 15 points, but you don't really know where he's going to necessarily be scoring from. So yeah, I, I mean, Malik Monk's been getting more time. I think you'll see him on the floor here a bit more of Sack continues uh, to struggle shooting from deep uh, outside of those few guys. And like I said, Memphis is going to help you do that with their defense. And that's kind of what, what I'm relying on. Um, uh, their struggles on the road on offense, the way these, these teams have played uh, in their pace, uh, and the fact that I think we're getting a little bit of overvalue on, on this total just because of who these teams have been, or specifically who the Kings have been playing lately, which is all of the teams that are at the bottom of the league in defense and top in pace. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first one for Monday Night Slate. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is the most confident one, but I think you can get ahead of this with Giannis coming back after 12 days off resting his knee. Uh, I mean, his prop is at 28 and a half points, and, and Caesars gives you minus 111. You can go up to 29 and a half and get better odds, but... I mean, his what was he at? Like 33 and a half consistently before he rested that knee. He had a couple quiet games. I think you can blame the knee soreness. And then Drew Holiday been killing it in his absence. Uh, Chris Middleton might play tonight for the first time in a while. So, but I mean, the Bucks still know where their bread is buttered. And I mean, this is just such an easy matchup to knife through the Pistons defense. Um, he scored 30 plus in five straight against Detroit. And. <clears throat> And that's in just 31 minutes per game. Uh, and and actually, the public seems to think Detroit can cover at home here. Money coming in on Detroit plus 11. Uh, so if it is close, you know, more power to them. Um, this is a Detroit defense that allows the highest percent uh, two-point percentage to opponents, allows the second most pain points, second most points overall. And obviously, Giannis has had his way. So I think it's just an opportunity to capitalize because we haven't seen it in a while, but we're, we can, you know, I remember looking at those numbers and saying, oh, when Giannis gets at least two plus days of rest, what happens next? Well, that was prior to his, his insane lines against the Bulls, like 44, 23. Uh, he had three, I think, insane lines in a row when he got a little extra rest. So I think he comes back from, from the knee soreness here and, and puts up his usual big line. Yeah, I don't hate it because Detroit <laughs> and, and Giannis, um, and that's all I need to know. I, I don't love picking him coming back unless, you know, I, I guess I, I don't know enough about has he been ready to play for a little bit and just hasn't been uh, to keep him out because, like you said, uh, Drew's been playing pretty well. They went through a stretch just a couple games in a row where they played the Pacers and Raptors uh, before the Cavs last game. Maybe you don't bring him back for any of those um, and you bring him back for this easy one, but 
I'm just scared of taking a player who I haven't seen in a while. Like you said, you're, you're kind of getting ahead of it because of, uh, of taking advantage of the fact that maybe people don't want to, to, to bet on Giannis uh, because of the fact that they haven't seen him in a while. But if this was 28 and a half right before the injury, then yeah, without question, I would take that, that uh, which is crazy that it's too weight. It's like four or five points too low for a Giannis total, um, uh, you know, at 28 and a half, but that's what it was before. And, and in this matchup, that's basically what it probably would have been at if he hadn't gotten hurt and was still playing at a similar torrid pace is like closer to 32 and a half points. So if you'd still believe he's going to come out in the same, you know, capability, capability, um, as he was before he got hurt, then, then yeah, I, I go ahead and, and, and hit the 29 points for sure on that one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to a guy who, man, this team is such a, a freaking mind mess, if you will, but Trey young and the Atlanta Hawks, uh, 37 points and assists. So 30 over 36 and a half for him, um, is what I would take here. Minus 115 on DraftKings. They're playing the bulls also hemorrhage points. Um, you know, and, and you kind of expect this one to be high scoring like the way most of Atlanta and Chicago's games have been in the course of the last few to three weeks. Um, the last three versus shy city, 31 points a game for Trey with 11 assists, um, about a 32 and a half percent usage, uh, looking at about 39 and a half minutes per game. I believe there's an overtime or two in there as well. Um, his last nine on the road, where they're playing 26 and a half or so about 10 assists per game just a tick under um, but still that 31 percent usage and 36 minutes per game in that time um, about two and a half made threes on 41 and a half percent we started to see him pick up the amount of threes that he's shooting so I think the you know if, if you like the but roughly 10 assists for him tonight to 11 assists which I think is, is definitely fair um, you know to get 26 points if he's going to be making hopefully about three threes tonight I think that's the stat line that you look for in, in that in that sense and I think there will be a, a, enough possessions tonight uh, that you feel good about Trey getting his. Yeah, it's a 239 total, and it's hard to imagine Trey not scoring at least 26 points in that type of yeah. environment. And then I really like the assists, I think, against the Bulls team that's not good guarding the pick and roll. And Trey has both his pick and roll partners back now, right? Um, in, in Capella and Collins. And, and Vucevic, a guy he's being able to exploit, which is why you see 11 assists per game in the last three against the Bulls. So I think you put the two together, it, it should get over there in a, in a high-scoring game. The Bulls play some crazy shootouts sometimes. Um, so we're going to go to Orlando here and actually target the Celtics defense because Marcus Smart is not playing, Brogdon not playing, maybe Rob Williams doesn't play either. I mean, he's <clears throat> appears to be on a bit of a minutes restriction even when he does play. And, I mean, how much is Al Horford going to go on the road? I, I mean, we will see a lot of Luke Cornett, who's still a pretty good rim protector, but Peyton Pritchard is going to be out there a lot uh, with no smart Brogdon. And, and I, I mean, he's incredible in terms of his effort on both ends of the floor, but he is a limited defender in the NBA. Uh, so I'm looking at Markel Fultz. Uh, and I think you want the whole package, the, the PRA at 21 and a half, because he is a really good peripheral stats guy. Um, in, in, I mean, 12 and a half points, if you want it, sure. I mean, he is scoring 14 in his last 10, supplementing that with six assists and four and a half boards to get you about 25 PRA per game. So I think the market is kind of undervaluing him because Boston can be a great defense. Uh, but with, without Marcus Smart, they, they just don't have that same kind of fire. Jalen Brown's also, uh, well, playing through injury. Tatum had to miss a game with the wrist and, and, and in, I mean, so wrist soreness. In any case, I mean, Boston is not going to be as fired up for this one after a close game with Toronto and that emotional win over the Warriors. In the last 15 days, they're giving up nearly eight assists and six and a half rebounds to point guards. So 
if you do just want the rebounds assists, you can get 10 uh, uh, peripheral stats at plus 112 at FanDuel for Fultz. So I think that's a little bit better juice since I am saying PRA, but let's trust the peripherals more. Why not just go with the rebounds and assists? Yeah, I feel it. I think because of the fact that there's going to be a little bit easier easier to attack are the Celtics from the top. I think that's kind of why um, I, I like Fultz with points as well, to be honest. I think he's going to be coming right down the lane without a Marcus Smart. Uh, maybe a Derek White, obviously, is taking him on a lot more at that point with enough size and, and a good defender as well in Derek White. But um, you would love to have Smart and Brogdon in this one. And if my, if Rob Will is even on a, a minute's limit, uh, that would also be why I would move on and, and talk about Wendell Carter Jr. here because I was eyeing him. We're not, you know, very easily both of these guys can get their props. I don't think there's any negative correlation here. But if anything, there's a positive correlation because we We've got a ton of assists uh, for for faults, and then Wendell Carter Jr. I kind of like everything, like whatever you'd want to take for him. That the points, rebounds, and assists is twenty four and a half. That's minus one ten, so it's pretty good odds. The points and rebounds are at twenty two and a half for him. Uh, uh, that's even money. Even the rebounds and assists, as he's been diming up a lot lately, um, I, I like at about uh, ten and a half. Uh, for him to get that that's minus 120 for him to get 11 rebounds and assists combined I like all of it uh, just depending on how confident you are in, in in the points or or you know the juice that you prefer to have here last thing I would say is a double double for him is plus 235 which I really like those odds and I mean he's been getting about nine boards a game in his last like 10 games or so um, but you know the 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 it's like 9.7 so for him to have plus 235 to get you know the 10 points I feel is pretty much a lock the the uh, the rebounds there at 10 is like the only thing you're a little bit worried about maybe but i, I still if, if you're gonna get you know two and a half to one on your money on that basically I'm, I'm good with it his last four versus boston 14 points a game 12.3 boards uh four and a half assists that's all in 35 minutes which uh, you know he hasn't been getting the minutes quite as much in his last roughly 10 games but in the last five he's been coming back and getting those minutes back up above 30 close to 32 he's been averaging 35 against the uh the season the last four times he played them last season 45 percent from the field on about 12 and a half field goal attempts and he only failed to get those double digit rebounds once where he got eight uh, against Boston so the last three that he played he's been on a big slump uh, to be honest but uh, I think this is a slump buster in that sense and in the seven games before that he was averaging 16 points and nine boards in just 29 minutes uh, on 55 44 splits um, so yeah making about one and a half threes a game as well so the C's in their last two weeks have been giving up the six most rebounds to centers the 10th most points um, so I think there's some opportunity for, for Wendell Carter to kind of you know at least get let's say he gets the the nine ten boards at, at least i think he's getting the three assists and then the points anywhere from 14 to 15 so i i feel really good about all the stats for him tonight well i mean interesting you call 10 points a lock the way he's struggled in his last three i i mean if yeah. you are going with the regression to the mean and say no he's not going to struggle for a fourth then we can expect him to get 10 points because that's where he's been at before that i mean averaging 16 once he got healthy so right. i i think yeah it's more of a betting on him coming around and trying to get ahead of that. And and I think, yeah, the points rebound seem good and the double-double seems good because Orlando, yeah, they just played Boston tough uh, the last two times they met him. And and if Boston's shorthand in the front court, expect the Wendell and company to, to, to take advantage. Totally, yeah. You talked about Vooch, by the way, and his inability to guard uh, pick and roll. I bet they'd love to have Wendell Carter Jr. on that Bulls team try to defend straight tonight. At any rate, that's all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Check out the other couple game videos we have up for you today as well. And until we see you next, happy betting.